So I have a for the record this week. I was talking in episode seven, the one we recorded in person, tighten up and lighten up about reviewing my 2018 goals and talking about the emergency kit that I was putting together. And the recommendation is to have canned water because bottled eventually can leach chemicals into the water, especially in hot temperatures if it's stored in your car. And so I was saying that the canned water costs you know, $3 a can. So I was thinking maybe some LaCroix or something would be better. And it occurred to me as I was listening back just how privileged it sounded to be sitting around <laughs> drinking LaCroix during an emergency. (laughs) I don't think I would really do that. I don't even drink LaCroix, honestly. I know, not a knock on LaCroix. I just don't really like seltzer water. (laughs) But on a practical level, I was just trying to think of an alternative to canned water that was like the emergency $3 a can. And that's what came to mind. So for the record, I'm not going to be during like a hurricane situation sitting around drinking LaCroix. (laughs) I would go for Perrier. You know, that's really more my (laughs) my speed. And I want to make sure I have the right kind of caveat not that off-brand. <laughs> Make sure your caviar is stored in an airtight container. <laughs> Make sure your mink coats are properly stored as well. Because they can get moldy, you know, in a disaster. You have to really be careful. Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you need to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister, Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today's episode is about changing your environment to change your habits. But before we get into today's topic, we wanted to share a couple of updates. One, we're on Instagram at Semi Together, yay, and are posting pictures from our daily lives. Happy and productive moments and get it together, got it togethers. So please follow us at Semi Together and interact with us there. And we're also super excited that Semi Together has reached the 1,000 download mark since we launched in late November. So thank you so much for listening. It's really incredible to know that other people are subscribing and listening to episodes and coming back to hear more. So we really appreciate it. Yes, your feedback really gives us the fuel to keep creating new episodes. So please keep it up. Our shared love language, Jill and I both, is words of affirmation. So it really means a lot to us. We really, really appreciate it. Affirm us. Yay, please, please keep it. (laughs) Please, more, more. (laughs) Yes, yes, don't stop. (laughs) Um, So we have a few comments we'd like to share from our listeners. Beth writes, I'm in the middle of the Have I Evolved episode. I find myself cracking up because I have always thought some quirks had to be just mine alone. And you've already covered several of them in your first 2.5 episodes. Margaret says, hashtag steal this tip. Use your visibility tip from episode two to help with the packing. I like to choose and put out the suitcase like a week before my departure date. Every time I see it, I get a little buzz of excitement at my upcoming escape, and I feed it with things that I think I'll need as I go. The stuff I can't pack until last minute becomes its own pile on the bathroom counter to remain in sight. And several of you have made your own 19 for 2019 list of goals and have tagged Semi Together on Instagram or Facebook. So please keep sharing those. It's super inspiring for us to see what other people are hoping to do this year. Now we'll get into our main topic, change your environment to change your habits. So we've been thinking about this since the start of the new year and all the new habits we're trying to form or break. Yes, I figured that by this time of year, people are starting to maybe fall off some of their habits and New Year's (laughs) resolutions and 19 for 2019s. So this has been on our minds. And the habit hack of changing your surroundings or your environment to change your habits is well-researched. James Clear writes about it in the book Atomic Habits, and Brian Wansick applies it to food and mindless eating. 
So I first read about this strategy in the book Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. And this is one of my favorite books of all time, along with Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath, both. So they talk about what looks like a person problem is often a situation problem. And big problems can often be fixed with small solutions. Yes. So give us an example of what that looks like. Okay. So for example, I used to misplace my keys on a regular basis. I think a lot of us struggle with this challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be daring apart the house, trying to find them before I had to leave in the morning. Or when I got to work and was leaving for the night, I was fumbling around in my mom purse for my keys. And it was really frustrating. I would start berating myself for being disorganized and incompetent and thinking I needed to change myself and train myself to be more tidy and mindful. But what I ended up doing instead was two little tweaks to my environment. So the first one was hanging a key rack next to the door and reserving my front pocket in my purse for my keys. So now I put my keys only in those two places. So I always know where they are. That is a very simple but effective change. Uh, We also have key hooks right by the door because I am the exact same. (laughs) I'm always looking for my keys as I'm trying to leave and I'm in a hurry. Um, I mostly am very good about it, but sometimes I still will put them in like a jacket pocket Mm -hmm. and then I don't remember which jacket it is. And then I'm, you know, frantically searching pockets right before I have to leave. Yep, you don't start looking for them until it's your, and I usually am running five minutes late anyway. And so it's extremely frustrating. (laughs) Just the time you want to be looking. Yes, exactly. And I knew I would be talking about this on the podcast. So this week, there was a time when I had my keys in my hand and I was starting to put them on the counter. I was like, nope, I'm committing to this, putting it on the rack like I have been. So it's good to have this accountability. (laughs) Well, this little bit of research has shifted the way that I've thought about challenges that I run into. Stanford psychologist Lee Ross found that humans tend to attribute behavior to the way people are rather than the situation they're in. And he called this the fundamental attribution error. This is the deep-rooted tendency that made me think that I was an ineffective person for losing my keys all the time. But in reality, I'm still the same person and I don't lose my keys anymore because I changed my surroundings. Right. So the first question that you can ask when you run into a problem, especially the kind of problem that happens over and over, like your keys, is how can we change the situation to fix the problem? Yes, this is something I have been putting into practice. And it is a real mental shift for me because I do tend to attribute really everything that goes wrong to being a fundamentally flawed human being, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, is a little little hard. A little hard. Yes. So instead, I've been saying, don't get mad, get curious. That's good. I like that. Yes. And you just really start asking yourself, like, what's going on here? You know, you can let yourself off the hook because you're looking for things outside yourself. It's not a personal failing. You're not a fatally flawed human being. You're really not. There's just a glitch in the circumstances that are surrounding you. So A, you can have hope that you can fix the problem and B, look outside yourself for possible solutions. Darren is really good at this, like he is at many things, but he's big (laughs) on process. So if something at work or at home isn't going right, he never blames the people. He looks at how we can improve the situation with the right process or tools. So have you seen this in your own life, Jill? Definitely. So one way that I've seen this in my life is that I often get distracted because I work from home. So I have a home office with a door, which is amazing. But it's one of those things where the the lines between home and work always blur. Mm -hmm. There's laundry to be done, or there's dishes, or there's people coming by the house to deliver mail, or there's just a lot of distractions within my environment in my home office. So I have been trying to go into a coffee shop several times a week, 
every day if I have that flexibility in my schedule. So even if I just go for a few hours, the change of environment makes me just a lot more focused and productive. So if I have to get an article or a deadline done for a client, I just have two hours of work where I don't have other things distracting me. So instead of being annoyed at myself for being like, oh, you're so distractible, you you human being are so flawed, I just have to change my environment for a little while. Yeah, it's not that you have ADD or you can't focus or not productive. They have programs. There's one that's like Darkroom or something like that for writers where everything on your computer, you just tune out and close and it's just writing because it's a very common problem to be distracted by, (laughs) especially digital distractions. Yes. And when I go to a coffee shop, if I've really planned ahead and I have, I don't have to look anything up online, it's best because I'll just have, you know, whatever documents I need open, the research I have already done. And then I'll just turn off my Wi-Fi. That's so Um, smart. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do, especially because, you know, things pop up and you're like, oh, what was that thing? But if it's not an essential thing I need to look up, it's it's so much more productive if I can just work straight through. Yes. You just take it. Take that out of the situation. Your brain wants that dopamine hit. So don't even put yourself in that situation. Exactly. And it's often not important things. I'm like, who is that actor who was in that 80s sitcom? (laughs) I need to know immediately right now. Now it's time for a segment we call Steal This Tip, where we'll share a roundup of hacks related to the topic of changing your environment to improve the kind of habits a lot of us are working on. So Malia, you want to go for the first one? Yes. So the first challenge is exercising regularly, which is one that I'm trying to incorporate into my schedule this year. So what you might think about yourself if you're having trouble with this is I'm so lazy, I have no willpower, I don't have time, or I'll never make exercise a habit. But here's the situation hack that my sister-in-law Megan recommended put your exercise gear out the night before. This works really well if you have an early class that you might not want to get out of bed for, or a form of exercise like swimming that has a lot of gear. You can just grab and go with no excuses or extra obstacles to make exercising inconvenient. And you also won't waste precious time. And for me, this matters a lot because Darren and I have been trading nights to cook so the other person can exercise before dinner. And so I have a very, very limited window of time I can exercise. So the times when I put my gear in the hanging organizer in my closet in advance, like especially if I just do laundry and then put it directly in there, I can just put it on and not waste any time looking for it, you know, hunting through the dirty laundry or piles, you know, on my floor to find my workout clothes. So I save myself time and stress. That's a great one. When I have my stuff together, I also do this because I have a couple of early for me classes or if I'm going to to swim, if I'm searching for my goggles like in the dark, it's just another barrier for me going. So this one is a very good hack. Another common challenge is that you're eating more junk food than you'd like, and you'd like to eat more mindfully and more healthfully. So you might think I have no willpower or self-control, but a way to change your situation is to just make healthy food more convenient and unhealthy food inconvenient. So if you put fruit in a bowl on the counter, you'll see it every time you walk by the kitchen. If you wash and chop vegetables as soon as you buy them, so carrot sticks or celery, and you keep them in clear containers in your fridge, on the shelves, not hidden in the bins, then you'll see them when you're thinking about snacking. And if you have cookies and chips and snacks you want to eat less of, put them in a cupboard where you can't see them or try not to buy them at all. So think about what you want to be eating more of and arrange your environment to make that the easy, mindless choice. The book Mindless Eating by Brian Wansick talks about a lot of research behind this. He says, out of sight is out of mind. If the candy dish sits on your desk, you consistently have to make a heroic decision whether you resist the chocolate that has been giving you the eye all day. 
He also says, make healthy foods easy to see and less healthy foods hard to see. So in one study that he cited, they gave secretaries candy in clear dishes or in white dishes. And those with clear dishes ate candy 71% more often. I can confirm that this is true. I attempted <laughs> a place a long, long time ago, and they had a clear, a very large clear candy dish on the desk, and it was filled with all the delicious kind of candy. It wasn't even just oh. like the hard candies that no one wants to eat. It was like little Snickers <laughs> and little Twix, and I ate so oh, many. No. <laughs> I ate so many. I was there for maybe a week or two, and I was like, this needs to go, but it wasn't my environment, so I couldn't really tweak it. <laughs> I couldn't hide the candy because I think the <laughs> other staff would probably be mad. <laughs> Yeah, see that? That is a problem. If it were candy, like I don't like hard candies, or if it, but it's chocolate, yeah. it's like a Reese's or a Snickers, then I would have a very hard time resisting that. <laughs> Another little hack with the eating, I've heard a good tip is, you know, for cookies, if you like cookies, then just, you know, don't keep them in the house, but you can go treat yourself at a bakery now and then. So it becomes this extra little treat, but you're, you have to go out and seek it. And then it's a complete oh, like thing. That. Yeah, it's not some big box where you can just go and gorge yourself. It's just like a right. complete cookie and then it's done. I like that. The next tip is about relationships and technology. So the challenge is your phone distracts you from being fully present with your friends and family. This is one that I struggle with quite a bit. You might think I'm addicted to my screen or social media or work, but you can try the situation hack. Put your phone out of sight when you're with your loved ones. You might take it out briefly if you want to snap a photo or look something up or respond to something urgent, but then put it away again. Yeah, so I was reading a study recently at Virginia Tech. They found that even the presence of a mobile device, so on the table or in your hand, can lessen the quality of a conversation and the feeling of fulfillment that results from it. So even if you're having lunch with a friend and you have your phone face down on the table, it still affects that interaction that you're having with each other. And I'll add, if you can't put the phone down while driving, just put it in the backseat. Don't tempt yourself. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that I put my phone when I'm working on something really important, I'll put my phone in another room. So if I check it, I have to like physically get up from my desk and go look. Yeah, I've been with the, the kids in the evenings putting the phone outside of their. We play in their bedroom. And so I'll just leave the phone outside so I don't need to worry about being distracted and really can just focus on playing with them. That's great. Our final tip is about remembering to do things, which I think all of us struggle with as we are bombarded with so many inputs. So the challenge is you keep forgetting to take something with you when you leave or cross a task off your list. And you might think, I have a terrible memory, I'm an irresponsible person, or if someone is counting on you to do something, you might think I'm a horrible partner, employee, parent, etc. So the situation hack for this is put a visual reminder in between you and the task. So I do this all the time with our front door to our garage. I put Avery's diapers that I need to take to daycare or an item I need to return to Target, or I'll tape a note about it on the doorknob if it's like yogurt in the fridge that I need to bring to work. Yeah, we do the exact same thing. Like both Brian and I have to leave things literally blocking the front door <laughs> yeah. or like hanging on the doorknob <laughs> or taped to the door. Otherwise, there's no way I'll remember that. Yeah. So yeah, it has to physically block my path. So recycling that needs to be taken out or a bag of documents for a meeting or a post-it that has a shopping list on it. Because if I think, oh, I'm going to totally remember that and I don't block my path with it, I will absolutely forget. Yeah. So it's a good hack because then you, you see it and you can't ignore it and you can't forget it. <laughs> yep. Dummy proof. Our next segment is called Get It Together, Got It Together, where we each share something that's going well for us and something that needs a little work. So my get it together is procrastinating on big deadlines. This is something that I've done pretty much my entire life, and it's something I now do for work sometimes, and I really want to change it. 
So I was recently working on some new client work and I really wanted it to be good, but I kept putting it off. So I think this comes down to fear and nerves for me. So I want something to be perfect and then I just delay starting it. And then I'm under the gun and I'm way more stressed out about it than I need to be. So I'm trying to just start things, even if it's just, you know, typing up notes from a call or drafting an outline. So even just doing a little bit on it makes me feel more in control and starts to diminish some of that fear. So that's a work in progress. Yes, I do this all the time too. It's just so much easier to be distracted by little things you can knock out like an email and then it feels like you're moving the needle, but you actually have this project that is going to make a difference. It's like the important but not urgent thing we've we've talked about. So you can knock out like an urgent email and create sort of an emergency that you're putting out that fire, but then this thing that's important but not as urgent until it becomes urgent. Until it's really urgent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I do that all the time where I can justify it in my mind, like, no, no, I'm doing this other important stuff and I'll do that other, you know, actually most important thing later. And I'll I'll have all this mind space because I'll have done all these other, you know, silly things that don't need to get done right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, one thing, just when you mentioned just starting, sometimes when I was writing, I would, once I started, I would just leave a sentence kind of midway completed. So then I could just pick it up the next day or I would take a break for lunch and then just pick it up. But it's so much easier to pick up something that's in progress than to just have this blank page staring at you and then having to create something out of nothing. Totally. Yes. I did this with one assignment in the last few days where I was checking myself and I was like, okay, just put down something. And I had a bunch of notes. I knew I would have to pick it up the next morning, but it was in progress. I don't know if it was mid-sentence, but it was definitely like somewhere in the middle of the paragraph. And to pick it up again was way, way easier than just starting from scratch. Yes. I think of it as the clay that you're shaping into something and you need that clay to work with. You know, you can mold it and refine it, but you need that raw material. Yes, absolutely. So that's my get it together. And my got it together is that I feel pretty good about my monthly goals so far for my 19 for 2019 list. So I have several on my list that are like, you know, planning a friend's hangout here in Barcelona once a month or getting out to do a local adventure or a hike every month. So we just had our first friend hangout, which was super fun. And the goal is to make it as like low key and easy as possible. So the idea is that if you can't make it in January, you can come out in February and we're just having it at a beer place that has food. So I think we're probably going to keep it at the same place every time. So it's not like we have to think of a new spot every Mm -hmm. month and just keep that easy on the organization side too. Like, okay, we'll pick a date for next month and then it's at the same place every month. I feel like if you have more factors that are unknowns then it like gives people sort of an opening to just like, oh, it's too much hassle. I'm not going to do it. So just keep it simple and then yeah, focus on just being together. Right, exactly. So consistency is the goal with this, not like novelty in this yes. case. So, yes. <laughs> and then it's your spot, you know, it's the spot that everyone knows yeah. that you're going to be there. There's no like people showing up at the wrong spot. I think that's great. Right, right. Like there's so many cool places here in the city and sometimes I can get caught in this like, no, we need to try something new every time. But sometimes you really don't. Yeah. Um, it's much easier and more fun if you can just pick a spot and then go with it. Yeah. So that's been going well. And then Brian and I took a hike in January, um, which was another goal. So it's it's been a good start to the year in terms of my monthly goals. That's so great. Thanks. Well, my get it together is weekend mornings. So before children, I used to look forward to weekends. It's a time of relaxation, <laughs> rejuvenation. And now I have begun to dread them a little bit, which is really sad. Oh. But it's really the mornings for both weekend days that is challenging because the sort of schedule we have is the kids will wake me up at 5.30, 6. And then so I'll get up with them. And then by the time Darren gets up at, say, 7, they're going off the rails because they've just been up for so long. But I want to go back to sleep. So I'll sleep for an 
hour or two. Meanwhile, Darren gets them while they're just running wild already. And it is the first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. So when you get out of bed, you just want to have a minute, especially as an introvert. So then by, of course, like nine or 10, then it's really stir crazy. And it just becomes super unpleasant. And what we want out of the weekend is just to chill and do nothing. But with kids, you've got to engage them somehow. So we're trying to figure out just with our changing our environment practice to figure out some situation hacks. And so one thing we can try is to get out of the house early, because when we do that and just go somewhere, then the kids don't have a chance to get so stir crazy. So even just going out into the backyard, we've a client who's got a horse farm that we're thinking about taking the kids to. Yeah. And she's got a ton of different animals. It's like 45 minute drive, but Avery loves nays as she calls them. So she would go nuts for it. So we will be working on that one. But um, I would really like to have our weekends be a time where we can be together as a family and look forward to it and feel relaxed and not stressed. Right. Those sound like good actions to set up your environment for success. Yes, I'll brainstorm a few more. But we'll start with getting out of the house early. And Darren says, like, wake him up before, even if it's like anytime after six, he says, you know, so not to let him sleep in because he'd rather just get less sleep and have the kids when they're not so crazy. Right, right. And like, if you can find an activity where you can run off some of that energy, then maybe your afternoons can be a little more relaxing for you guys. Yeah, we might also get some more engaging analog activities for the kids, like floor puzzles. We have you know, mm. one, but just a little more variety because the tablets, they just are also on those way too much for my liking. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just maybe get a few more old school, old fashioned old school. toys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun. So my got it together is a standing desk. And this is something since I moved back to creative distillery that I've really wanted because I had it at some of my previous jobs. And it really helped my focus and energy and my neck and back issues. I carry my stress and tension and my neck and shoulders and back. And so just being able to stand up and kind of stretch out all day really, really helped relieve that. And of course, at first, it's like you got to build up those muscles. So you're a little sore on your, in your legs and back standing. Um, I have a mat, like a cushion mat. So my my feet don't get tired, but it's also a sit to stand desk. So I can kind of sit part of the day, stand part of the day, but I really mostly stand and it's improved my energy a lot. So I'm just so pleased that I sort of set the intention when I arrived at Creative Distillery to get one at some point. And we found a great deal just on Kinja deals. And that was the time to do it. So that's yay. great. That's awesome. I have a sit to stand desk, like a stand for my laptop as well, but it's a little bit cumbersome to change it from one setting to the other. Mm. And so it's good when I like at the beginning of the week, if I set it to standing, because then I'll just leave it because it's a pain enough to like change it back. <laughs> but I mostly default to have it sitting. So that's that's a good inspiration. Yeah, I'll uh, take a picture and put it on our Instagram. Awesome. Well, that's all for Semi Together. You can find show notes at semitogether.com with a recap of this episode and links to the resources we mentioned. We really want to hear your feedback on the podcast. I cannot emphasize this enough. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate listener feedback so much. It keeps us excited to do more episodes. So please let us know what you're responding to and what you'd like to hear in the future. Email us at podcast at semitogether.com or leave a comment on our Facebook page or Instagram. We'd also love it if you'd subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. Thank you so much for listening to Semi Together, because take it from us, you have it more together than you think you do. Okay, well, that is all for Semi Together. Let me say, You sounded so breezy there. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm the breeziest. <laughs> okay.